So hello, welcome back to my podcast. This is David Leibovitz. And if you want to find me in the home of my podcasts and other things, I'm at my newsletter at davidleibovitz.substack.com. And today I have a super special guest. As many of you know who are listening, um, I live in Paris. And I had the pleasure, and I don't use that word often, <laughs> has a lot of different meanings, but I had the pleasure of meeting Phil Rosenthal when he came to Paris to begin filming his TV shows. And we're going to talk to Phil today, but he was a former television producer who became the guy in front of the camera. And he loves to eat, and he combined his love of being on television, writing with food. And I'm really happy to be here with you today, Phil. It's my pleasure. You're one of my favorite people that I've met in all my travels. No. It's true. Okay, you've traveled a lot. You've done six seasons of your show, Somebody Feed Phil, and... You've actually beaten Stranger Things. You have more seasons than Stranger Things. Wow. I know. <laughs> I, that's, a, that's a good way to put it. I think I'll bring that up at the next Netflix meeting. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, you're more popular than a bunch of teenagers <laughs> or scary monsters that want to kill the world. It's very rare that Netflix likes to have many, many series, not many, many episodes. Okay. Right? The computer that they work for has told them <laughs> that uh-huh. they get more new subscribers with new series, those little posters at the bottom of your screen every time you turn on uh, Netflix. And it tells you what to watch. So that you'll never cancel because look how many new things are coming all the time. And so what if we cancel now? We'll, we'll miss out. Ah. Right? So that FOMO <laughs> drives okay. the beast. Oh, so it's everybody. They want <clears throat> you to see something else. Because I was... If you watch that series, Barry, on HBO. Yes, I love it. The woman has a hit TV show, and it's right. like a major hit, and they yes. cancel it. They go, the algorithm doesn't like Exactly. You. <laughs> the algorithm. I always say there's this guy over there named Al, Algorithm, mm-hmm. and he, he says that they'd rather you go away because they have your show. Mm-hmm. It's a library. It'll always right. be there. You see the little poster at the bottom But the they love you. I, they seem to. Yeah. Uh, we just they love got, you for six seasons. And we just got picked up for season seven. Yeah, that's longer than most relationships last. And you have yes, a relationship with 350 well. million people on it's Netflix. It's so sweet. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I, I just, uh, maybe people like seeing someone thoroughly enjoy themselves. Yeah. And actually, that's true because my friends, when I told them you were coming to Paris, yeah. you're here to do a talk in the theater. I'm going to be hosting you. Can't or wait. Chatting with you. Yeah. They were so enthusiastic. They were like, he's so positive, and I like the way he goes around the world and eats. And I, they said, I think he's changed the way people see the world. Oh, that. Which is good, because wow. a lot of times people see the world as a bad place. And yes, you make because it they watch the news. They yeah. made a mistake. They yeah. watch the news. Yeah. The news takes the negative, because the negative is what stands out. Mm-hmm. Most people are nice. Yeah. Well, you're- Most, but that yeah. doesn't make the news. But hey, did you hear about the two warring factions who got together at, uh, and, at, at this restaurant? You know what happened? They sat and had lunch like they do every day. And they have, most people want to get along. Most people mm-hmm. want peace and niceness. It's just not sexy. Well, you've done a really good job of that. And when I met you, we went to pastry shops. You were like, I yes. love pastry. I oh love food. God. I'm like, well, I'm oh, you're Paris. in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. And it was interesting because we went to a couple pastry shops and I was so surprised. Like, I'd lived here for 12 years at that point. And I'd go in there, and they were, like, nice to me, but nice. And then you came in, and they were, like, lining up all the pastries on the counter. They were, like, taste this. That was one of the best days of my life. No. I mean, to walk in with you at Pierre Hermé before cry. it opened. Uh-huh. And for them to say, have whatever you want. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I'd been to Paris a few times. Mm-hmm. I never had that experience. Yeah, I never. So either. here's the tip: walk okay. into places with three big cameras. <laughs> Sometimes that backfires in Paris unless you tell them before. Well, I think they did. I think I think we warned them, right? We didn't just walk in. So you've been on your series, you've yeah. been all over the place. Your first yes. year when you did the show was on PBS. That's right. And that's when you came to Paris. But in subsequent years, thanks to Netflix or thanks to you, you're <laughs> in you and your production team, you've gone everywhere. You've gone to Croatia. Yeah. Have you've, you been? Yeah, I went when it was Yugoslavia. Yeah. And it was a whole different place then. But it, I'm, I'm sure it was. There was there was fighting and whatnot, but yeah. it's still situated in the same beautiful part of the world, isn't it? Yes, but when I was there, it was sort of a East. It was before the EU, I think. Yes, I'm dating myself. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was a different vibe, shall we say? Okay. Um, it wasn't. They didn't have access to good. I remember somebody gave me a bar of chocolate. Yeah. And it was terrible. And I, anyone who's <laughs> ah, Croatian, ah, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to say anything bad about Croatia, but it was a different era. Of and course. they probably didn't have access to cocoa beans. And, well, whatever was in that bar, Listen, I was the, like, ooh. The food in Los Angeles was terrible 30 years ago. Yes. Actually, Israel too. Yes, um, that's right. And now we were saying yesterday, right? Tel Aviv is one of the great food cities yeah. in the universe. And even in America, like yes. you go to Atlanta, you go to Cincinnati, yes. you go to these. I actually went to Cincinnati a couple of years ago and had amazing food. Yes, um, I think you can get a great meal anywhere now. And I attribute yeah. that to the internet. So, because the knowledge, you know, they mm-hmm. say that the that famous book, the, the World is Flat. That's what that means. Everyone mm-hmm. has access to the same information. So it's a level, so it's playing, a level field. playing field. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, that was one thing when I started food blogging and I yeah. started in 1999. But as it grew and grew, yeah. all of a sudden you had people from Vietnam blogging about their food. You had people from Palestine blogging yes. about their food. And it was just... Great. And people were very, it was more sharing. Now it's a little more commercial. Yeah. People are trying to make money and so forth. But back right. then, as you were saying, it, it leveled the playing field. Yes. Anybody could write about food. But anybody does. I mean, you don't have to spend money to get this knowledge. You mm-hmm. Google anything and it's available to you, including so, how a chef in Paris makes something if yeah. you're in Cincinnati. So since you love Paris so much, yes. how come you haven't come back and done a show? Because you, you already did it. Yeah, because, okay. you know, even though I've been on for six seasons, mm-hmm. that's 30-something episodes on yeah. Netflix. It's only five shows a season. So I feel like I have to at least dip my toe mm-hmm. in some other countries yeah. before I come back to Paris. And listen, mm-hmm. I can do the whole series in Paris. Yeah. It's so rich with, I mean, we just walked down the block. And there were four places, five places that I wanted to stop and eat. Yes, in. and just by the way, for everyone listening, we actually got pastries. Oh. Um, Phil and I are going to be tasting these in a few minutes, but I want to talk a little just bit to more about you, listeners. <laughs> yeah, they smell really good. <laughs> um, but you've been to all these. I mean, you could come back to France and do like Marseille, of course, which is totally different. Of course, Corsica, Provence, yeah, Lyon, yeah. Have you I done think- L.A.? That was on that first season of uh, I'll Have What Phil's Having. Those first six episodes, including the one with you here in Paris, Mm -hmm. is available everywhere now on YouTube. You can see Oh, it's on YouTube. Okay, because I tried to watch it on PBS and it was blocked because it's location. But they sold it to some company on YouTube and and so you can see it for free, people. We've been sold. (laughs) We've been sold without (laughs) us knowing it. We've been sold. (laughs) So when you travel... I know sometimes in some, I've read interviews with you and you've talked about being compared with like, not compared, but talked about in the same sentence as people like Anthony Bourdain, there's yeah. Stanley Tucci now, there's Andrew <laughs> Zimmern. But I know from speaking with one of them, and I won't mention who, 
But he had mentioned he'd been hospitalized a few times, getting sick, eating food because it's a lot. Sometimes you're eating in strange places. Right. You're traveling. Have you had any experience? Like, have you ever just been like fooded out, or was there anything you didn't want to eat? Y- yes, but you know where I got sick in in all my travels on the show around the world, like street fairs in Bangkok and mm-hmm. Vietnam, San Francisco. What? That's where I got food poisoning. Ah, yeah, that's right. I remember. Yes. Okay. Do you, oh, I won't say where. I don't I, know where. Okay. I honestly don't. Okay. And we didn't say in the show. Mm-hmm. First of all, I don't want to hurt anybody's business because right. accidents happen. Yes. Right? Yeah. One guy doesn't wash their hands. Goodbye, everybody. Yeah. That's how, that's just how it is. Yeah. And and uh, you're just at the mercy of, uh, uh, I'm lucky. But, you know, my advice for people who go to street fairs and they're worried about the food on the street, mm-hmm. look where they have the big line and get on yeah. that line. If they were poisoning people, the line wouldn't be that long. Or they're going to poison a lot of people That's rather right. than just two or three. <laughs> but one thing that you, I did read that you said about people who talked about Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. Um, you said, you know, he was this adventurer. That's and right. He was kind of going out and doing all these, you know, he would eat anything. And you're like, yes. I'm not that guy. Of course not. I sold the show with one line. When I finally got the PBS after trying to sell the show for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. What because I came from the world of sitcoms. They don't write. They don't really like when you switch lanes like that. Yeah, you were a sitcom writer That's and right. producer, and you produced Everybody Loves Raymond, That's which right. was a big hit in other shows. Yes, but after Raymond, the business had changed drastically. They didn't really mm-hmm. want my sensibility. They wanted something more hip and edgy. I said, well, you've got the right guy, I'm Mr. Hip and Edgy. Yeah, you're on so, Netflix. <laughs> That's right. So, so now, yeah. you know, when I came up with this, I sold it finally to PBS, and here's what I said. I said, I'm exactly like Anthony Bourdain if he was afraid of everything. Mm-hmm. And are you, is there anything you refuse to eat in your job? Yeah, I was in Oaxaca and uh, I was in this perfectly great restaurant. I was in this little room where the chef was passing everything over the counter to us mm-hmm. and making it right in front of us. It was just me and my companion. It was gorgeous. It was mm-hmm. really fent up. The food, the soups, the all the entree, everything, the fresh vegetables. I love Mexico. Mm-hmm. Love. Yeah, I love Mexico I'm too. Just fantastic. Yeah. And then my companion said, you know, that one of their famous dishes here is iguana. I said, oh, <laughs> I, I guess I have to, I have to taste it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the chef heard me and said, oh, well, here it is. And she pointed to a tray over to the left. And there was this burnt iguana <laughs> with the tail curled yeah. and, the, and the body all blackened. And the face like a monster. And they were like, we saved the tail for you. It's the best part. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> no. And I went, oh, my. And she said, I have to tell you, if you do want the iguana, it will take a half an hour to prepare. <laughs> and I'm not <laughs> proud of myself. But I said, oh, look at the time. Oh. Oh, but, you know, the crew, they really have to go. And I got out of it. Wow. Because a friend of mine from Oaxaca, Susanna yes. Trilling, she came to Paris. Yes. And she made us a Mexican dinner at my apartment. And my partner, who's French... Yeah. She took out a bag of grasshoppers yeah. and she sprinkled them over the the guacamole. And, yes. you, know, you don't have to be French to be That's weirded right. out by yes. grasshoppers. Of course. But they're delicious and then people eat them all over the And they're the world. little crispies. They're like rice krispies. Yeah, and he loves really them. They really are. I love them. Yeah. And I'll have them in a taco. I'm not afraid anymore. Mm-hmm. Is it my first thing that I go for on the menu? No. I'm no. not looking for bugs. Uh-huh. But when I think if you do what we do, you owe it to yourself to taste whatever's on your plate. 
Well, I think that's partially true, but yeah. I'm also at the point in my life where, like, I know what I like, I know what yes. I don't like. When people say, "Oh, you need to try this frozen snake," oh boy, you know sorbet. Yes. I'm like, you know, I just don't think I like that. They only have to taste it. So I don't really want to taste it. And I just, we, you and I talked about black licorice, how we both don't like it. That's right. And it's okay. It's a very, um, no offense to anybody that likes black licorice. Yes, but it's a there's very a lot of strong people. flavor. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's but a, we love red licorice. Yes. Which isn't really licorice, but... It's like the white chocolate of licorice. <laughs> Do you remember Nibs? <laughs> which? They, they, they were called Nibs. They came in this little bag. They were red licorice, but they were really soft. Yes. And they're just... I, for some reason, I love those. They're I like was pellets. such a candy junkie when I was a kid yeah. that I would even eat Good and Plenty, even though Good and Plenty's are filled yeah. with black licorice. I would not enjoy it. But I would still eat it because the candy the part candy was sweet. Yes. Yeah. And they were also interesting. Like you open the box and they were all different Pink and candies. white. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, when I wrote my ice cream book, people yes. were like, how come there's no licorice ice cream in there? Like, really? Yeah. That's a thing? Yeah. Well, you know, it's hard to make. I'm, I've actually looked for recipes online just to see if anybody made them. And the only place is a place in Brooklyn called Van Leeuwen. Oh, yeah. And I... I think, you know, you can make licorice ice cream. It's just, Are they Scandinavian? Because black licorice is very big in Scandinavia. Well, the name Holland is Dutch, Van yeah. Leeuwen. I yeah, don't yeah. know who knows who's in, right. I don't know who's in, who's in charge there. But yes. um, we won't do any black licorice today. But thank God, I did get a bunch of pastries because I know you like to eat. Um, and <laughs> you you're noticed. Actually, but also, you work out. Every day. I think. Got to do something every day. So, do you, okay, we're in your... I guess I can say this. Is your wife okay with this? We're in your hotel room. Yes. Okay, I'm setting this. This is going to yes. be on Eater that you and I are sharing a hotel room. <laughs> in Paris, <laughs> a romantic <laughs> hotel room in the Place <laughs> I guess I the Place de Vosges because you won't be here in a few days. But just as long as it's okay. But I noticed that you work out and you did like 50 push-ups one day on Instagram or 43 something. 43 was my record. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. For an old man, that's not terrible. I can't do that every time. Okay. You've got to kind of work up to it. Now, do you do, this is totally unfood related. Yeah, that's right. Do you do like the regular push-ups or like the Pilates yoga push-ups where you put your arms next to your Oh, that's body? too hard, I think. Yeah, those I can do five or six. Really? I haven't Maybe attempted ten. it. I mean, if you want me to, I'll try it now. I think we're going to save that for tomorrow. So bring your gym clothes. We're doing a talk tomorrow night at a, at a theater in Paris. I, uh, I walk a lot, so mm-hmm. it's not always strenuous activity like that i have a trainer that i see two or three times a week on mm-hmm. uh, used to go to his place in person but it was a half hour drive and in, during covid in prison in person oh i thought you said in prison <laughs> it feels like prison when you're doing it. Month, yeah, yeah yeah no it, i used to go to his gym which is in his garage mm-hmm. you know two or three times a week i'd make that drive that's an hour of driving mm-hmm. for the workout it didn't make sense and then during covid of course we started doing it over zoom mm-hmm. And so that's fine. I uh, now I re- he rarely has to see me in the flesh. Well, Zoom actually, yeah. We when during COVID, I'm a fan of Chartreuse the liquor. Yes. And a friend of mine who is their representative in America started a, a liquor workout, and we all used liquor bottles of Chartreuse. Oh. We had a trainer, and we were all on Zoom around the world training. I was like, I better not drop one of these because it's like sixty euros a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> you got to start with the little airplane bottles. Well, and then work we your were, way up to the big ones. No, there were some people that were, in, it was, you know, bartenders and me and yes. people in pretty good shape. So full leaders of short. Well, a bartender once told me, she's like, you know, lifting your arm all night is oh, yeah. a lot of, you know, it's a lot of muscle. By the way, I got sore 
you know, I'm doing this tour where I meet people and take photos. Mm -hmm. And I put my arms up around their shoulders. Uh -huh. And I started to get like a crimp in my neck just from lifting my arm for all the people. Mm -hmm. So now I just... Uh, If you take a photo with me, don't get offended, but my arm is going to be on the smaller of your back. I don't go lower. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry. I'm not like, that a guy. like dinosaur arms. Yes, yes. I just, a, just a little <laughs> on the side. That's it. I'm not lifting. My... These are the occupational hazards. And yeah. they said that people come up to me, oh, your cheeks must hurt from smiling in all these pictures. And you know what? After a while, they do. Yeah. You don't have to smile. Well, if you live in France, you don't have to smile. Ever. People don't want you to smile. Yes. You look like an idiot no. if you smile. I, so if I come out on stage tomorrow, I should not smile. Um, you don't have to. You can but scowl. But I naturally if you want. do. Yeah, that's okay. It's charming. Say charmant. <laughs> I actually wrote a book, and it was kind of heavy. And when I was yeah. doing signings, I had to keep lifting the book. And oh, yeah. The worst thing you can do as an author is complain about people buying your book. Of course. So I was like, now I actually got to the. I was sort of pushing the book back and sign it and you know personalize it and talk to the people, and then I would push it to them. They're like, "Aren't you going to hand it to me?" I was like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> I didn't do my uh, liquor bottle workout today. That's hilarious. Uh, for those listening, this has been complaining about anything with Dave and Phil. No, no, no. We're kvetching. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. Well, in France, we're in France, and complaining is actually a sign that you are exigeant, which means discerning. Really? Yes. Then I must be very discerning. My whole yeah. family must be very discerning. Well, my friend Dory Greenspan, who writes about baking, she wrote in one of her books, like, when you go to the cheese shop, if you don't like the cheese, the next day... Say, oh, I didn't like that cheese, and it's not an insult. Like in America, we're like, it's okay. Like if you go to a restaurant, and you don't. You never like your... want to say anything bad. Yeah, and but now I go when I go back to America, I'll say like, well, this isn't cooked right. Like it needs salt and like yes. maybe some parsley or something. And they're like looking at me like oh. I'm an asshole. But do you um, do it in a mean way or do... no? I, do you know, I worked it... in restaurants my yeah, whole sure, life. Sure, I would give something to somebody, say, taste this. What do you think? And I want yes, to know what they, what they say. You know, but that's different when when people make something. And they're not asking for your opinion. And yeah. then you offer it in a negative yeah. way. Mm -hmm. That I understand. That they could be put off. Like, I didn't ask you. If you don't yeah. like it, don't buy it again. But if you say, what do you think of this? Absolutely. Or how is it? And do you preface what you're saying? Well, I used to bake myself or I do bake myself. And here's what I learned. Or... Well, I carry, I give them my resume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, I look, when I was a chef or in cooking yeah. in restaurants, when I would go out in the dining room and talk to people... Often I didn't want to, I didn't say, do you like that? I would say, yes. how was your evening? Yes. But if I, it was like a professional, like a friend of mine or like someone like you, I would say, yeah. Phil, what do you think of this? Like, yeah. do you like, how do you like the chocolate sure. ice cream? Sure. And if you said, I think it needs more of this. Yes. I was like, okay, that's useful information. But I would always preface it by saying, would you be open to some feedback? Would you be open? Ah, would you? You're would so you? nice. Well, you have to. Yeah. I mean, I just think. I know how I would feel if somebody all of a sudden, and people, so, you know, once in a blue moon, someone mm -hmm. will say something like that to me. Yeah. And that's the remark that stands out. Well, I think also being online, like yes. I, I follow several people who are comedians and yes. one comedian, this guy, he goes, he was writing about it. Somebody left a comment about my jeans. It's like, they didn't like my, the jeans I was wearing. Wow, get a lot of Yeah, it's funny that people like yeah. point out those things. Why well, say anything nasty? Yeah. I don't get it. There's enough trouble. But, you know, I if think you, people I think, think if they're you, being helpful or mean. And yeah. you, if you dug down and looked at the tweet and where it came from, if you were able to find out, it's mm -hmm. probably a 14 year old kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not. But uh, there in Twitter, it's in black and white for you to, to live within your brain the rest of your life. Well, we were talking about this the other day, and you said you don't get. 
bad comments. Because I think you project niceness. I think it's important to project niceness. I feel like the world would be better if everyone was a little nicer. Maybe. I actually read something recently, like no one ever said on their deathbed, I wish I hadn't been so nice in my life. Oh, yeah. Or something like that. I should probably look that up. Well, I think think there's a danger maybe in business and maybe in the jungle (laughs) (laughs) that if you're too nice, you will get taken advantage of. Which Tom Hanks once told me, yes, I'm going to drop that name. I once had a conversation with him and he's known as the nicest man in the world, Mm -hmm. pretty much. And I asked him about this kind of thing where in business, don't they see what's coming? And, And he goes, I've been in meetings where I've had to stop the meeting and say, gentlemen, you cannot take advantage of my good nature. Uh, Wow, that's a good line, right? Well, he probably has an agent, too, that takes care of, they're the bad person. Yes. Like the, I want to say bad guy, but my agent is a woman. Yes. So I was talking to somebody French about language recently, and I said, you know, in French, every word like creme is feminine, France is feminine. Right. And we don't have that in America. And he goes, what about you? And people say, you guys. Yeah. So I'm still thinking about that. Well, now, you know, there's you, them and they. And yeah, you but you can't to... say you people. doesn't sound right. Y'all, like in the South, works. Yes, it works for them. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't work. I can't it, say it I doesn't work. I can't say work. it doesn't yeah. work. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I like, uh, I have some relatives from the South who are Jewish, and they actually say shalom, y'all. Which is that very charming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so speaking of saying shalom or hello yes. or bonjour, I went to the bakery with you, actually, yeah. and got some pastries. Now, what's that one called? Okay, the first one, these are cream puffs, we call oh. them in English. They're called chouquette. Oh, man. And they're just basically, well, I'll just run through them and then sure. we can talk about each Sure. One. They're called chouquette and you buy them by the bag. You can usually get two or four. Usually like six or eight is the norm. They're cream puffs with pearl sugar on top. Oh, my God. The next thing is something I never, ever buy because I learned they're a slippery slope. Once you eat them, you it's you have to eat the whole thing. They're just really, really good. It's a, called an uh, croissant aux amandes or an almond croissant. Oh, yeah. But they take day-old croissants, soak them in kirsch syrup or oh, rum syrup, man. and then oh. rebake them filled with almond paste. Oh. And this one has chocolate in it, too. So I don't buy these ever. Because, like I said, it's a slippery... Because it's like you bought crack, and now you're addicted to crack. Yeah, it's like, I don't do drugs, I do those. You do this, So I stay away from those, but I made an exception. The other dessert I got, which is something I love, it's called flan, or flan. Yes. It's different than the flan people. Looks a little like a New York cheesecake. It does. It's sort of a Parisian dessert. Uh People eat it in the afternoon. This is a really good example of it, so I'm anxious to see what you say. Great. And the last one is a chocolate eclair. Yes. That's one of my favorite things in the world. Okay. Yeah. That was a question I was going to ask you yeah. before. Like, what is your favorite food? Or name three favorite foods. You know, chocolate I'm, eclair. I'm, I'm afraid that, you know, I get, I get asked this a lot. Like, oh, you what, do? My, okay. what my last meal might be. And I think, though, when I think about it, tell me if you're like this. You've eaten a lot. You've eaten a lot of fancy food. You've eaten Mm -hmm. a... The older I get, the more I start going for the comfort foods, maybe almost even from childhood, Mm -hmm. where... And when I find a diner, 
let's say, oh, yeah. like the yeah. Palace Diner in Maine. Uh-huh. I want you to see that episode in Maine because you're going to want to go to this diner. It's an old railroad car. It's about 100 years old. Is it in Portland? It's just outside Portland. Okay. In, in uh, my Bitter- niece lives there. Oh, great. So okay. you go to Bitterford, Maine. Okay. Okay. And the conductor, when the railroad was retired, bought the dining car because he loved it so much. Mm-hmm. Put it on a vacant lot in Bitterford, Maine. It says the Palace Diner. And on the bottom right, it says, ladies, welcome, which is so, it's so great. And, and you walk in, it's 15 seats at a counter. Behind the counter, they're working. Mm-hmm. And, and you can see through to the tiny kitchen where they're preparing all the food. Now, the guy who owns it dies. And a chef from the Gramercy Tavern and his friend who worked in another high-end restaurant mm-hmm. came to Biddeford, and they kept the menu exactly the same, but they just upped. They made it better. They made yeah. it with great ingredients and a little bit of imagination. Ah, they, okay. they, so there's a little bit of orange zest in, mm-hmm. the, in, the, pudding. in the French toast. You know, it's just, uh-huh. so it's the best of all the comfort foods you know. Mm-hmm. The best hamburger deluxe, right? The ah. best... Fries, the best omelet, the best French toast, the best pancakes, okay. the best tuna sandwich, the best. Uh-huh. I mean, it is. Okay, you're so excited. It's like, but now this I see is why your show is so popular. You're so excited. But I love. You make me want to go to all these places. Great, <laughs> because that I'm asking you, do you feel the same way about things? When you find the best of a thing you loved your whole life, when you find the best of that thing, isn't mm. that the pinnacle? Uh, yes, but. I do find the question, like, what would your last meal be? Yes. Kind of, uh, kind of sad. Yeah, maybe we should get journalists to change that to, like, what would you your want favorite. your next meal to be? That's a good <laughs> idea. Something. Yeah. If you could have anything you want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's these things. And I'm, I'm not kidding. Hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Basic, yeah. You know, eggs. I, I tell everybody this about my parents. The lesson that they gave me without meaning to was my dad loved fluffy eggs more than anything mm-hmm. okay. in his life. He loved fluffy eggs. He like fluffy, like scrambled? Scrambled fluffy eggs. You know, in Paris, it's a dream of eggs, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. the the places, they do it right. I mean, it's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. The omelets are gorgeous. The the scrambled eggs are gorgeous, loose, There's the place on Mont Saint-Michel. They do like an omelet where they beat the eggs for 10 minutes by hand and then cook them in the fireplace. Whoa. And it's like a big souffle on a plate. It's a a lot. But it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's famous. And we stayed in the hotel. And the next morning, they had omelets for breakfast that were like microwavable, like in little bags. What? <laughs> I was how, like, how, what, what happened? The disconnect. But the chef gave me a copper bowl that they used to beat eggs in. So I have For a, you to keep. Yeah. Alice Waters once made me a fried egg in on her fireplace on a spoon. That was one of the best eggs I ever had in my life. For those that don't know, Alice Waters, the owner of Chez Panisse, came up with this idea of a cast iron spoon or wrought iron, I guess you would call it, uh-huh. and you, for cooking a single egg over for listeners. And it was cooking over the fire. It was kind of expensive because it was made by hand. Yes. And there was some some criticism from people. And I remember Leslie Stahl, the yes. 60 Minutes, profiled Alice, and yes. Alice made her the egg in her uh-huh. kitchen. And Leslie said, you know what? She goes, that was, she goes, I got to say... That was the best egg I've ever had in that's my right. life. That's right. Well, that's Alice's brilliance, too. She's just a really instinctive cook, and she has great taste. And so do you. Oh, thanks. But she she taught me things, too. I mean, yeah. I know she taught you things. But for just a layman like me, the understanding that if you just 
shop well yeah. and stay out of the way of mm-hmm. nature, yeah. you're, yeah, you're exactly. half, more than halfway there. Well, that's also the French way because yeah. often I'll write about French desserts or cooking online and people yeah. say, oh, you should add, you're making orange jam, you should add rosemary and lavender leaves. Or something like that. I'm like, yeah. well, in France, people tend to like let the ingredients speak. Right. Like they don't even add vanilla to desserts unless, you know, if you make like this flan, they might not add vanilla. They go, yes. oh, if you add vanilla, it's going to be vanilla flan. That's like, right. Can you just sneak it in there a little yeah, bit? Right, right, right. They're like, no, it's a flavor. So you're purists. Well, some of us. Are. Yeah. <laughs> so the first thing I thought maybe we would taste are these chouquettes. Yes, please. And I love these. They're a little crunchy. Uh-huh. And they look like they're going to be rich, but they're hollow inside, so you can eat a lot of them. Okay. Mm. So here's what's beautiful. It's delicately crisp on the outside, and then moist inside, these mm-hmm. kind of strands of dough. There's egg in this, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. that make it that way. It's very, very beautiful. And you can see how yellow these are, because yes. the chickens, uh-huh. the egg yolks in France are always bright orange. Mm. They're not, like, yellow... Mm. I love it. Well, that's these. a perfect thing, isn't it? But there's more. But wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> I so, will finish this off off mic. Yeah. Well, the great thing about it, I, buy, I buy like a little bag of these and I yeah. eat one. And I'm going to save the rest for later. Then I'll have another one. Then I'll go home and I'll eat the rest. And poor Damn. home, my partner doesn't get any. <laughs> but that's okay. He can buy his own. That's so right. These this uh, this here, almond here croissant. Oh, man. And I'll cut it because it's yes, kind of big unless you want to tear it. We can tear it. Go ahead. Okay. On TV, you always tear things, I yeah, think, because yeah, it yeah. looks better. Looks but good. No one can see unless there's a camera in your hotel room. I mean, it's funny because it looks like somebody stepped on it, right? <laughs> but okay, I almost uh, But I don't care because I know this is going to be good. So That's I'll let you me. take a bite. You, you so ripped it's, off a prime piece. I see the chocolate running through this piece. I know. I, don't, I usually save that for myself. <laughs> Oh, man. Mm. Mm. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is now, this is a showstopper. I think in France, they're used to finding like crumbs on floors uh-huh. of hotel rooms. Because <laughs> they're making a little mess here. Wait a minute. But these are really good. And I don't know why they're like, well, what is it about super, it? What's so good? It's super fresh. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. a lot of times pastries are dry. They sat there. Mm-hmm. This was like, this is so fresh and delicious and moist and soft yeah. and beautiful. There's something. And I, the I chocolate. Know. Yeah. I never had a chocolate almond croissant. Well, now you can't say that anymore. <laughs> I won't. But David, I, I just mean, love these. You're like a, you're like a, uh, I don't even know the word for you. You're someone who's introduced me to some of the best things I've ever eaten in my life. I still dream about that vanilla bomb. I know. he had at Pierre Hermé. And I haven't been back to have it. But he has Why? stores now all over the city. Well, I know. I had one yesterday. <laughs> well, you know, I ride by it mm-hmm. on my way to Pilates class. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I should stop on the way home. And then I do Pilates. I'm like, I'm not stopping <laughs> what there. What am I undoing all my work for? <laughs> wow, that's, that's intense. I'm having another piece. Yeah, I know. It's hard to stop. It is it's hard kind to of crazy. stop. Oh, my God. If my wife was here, she would leave me for this. Well, what, you're going back in a few days. You uh-huh. could bring her one. And I have done that. I've brought people things like this. So, Was this at the same place we were just at? Yes. These are from Maison Londemain, which is a bakery in Paris. And they used to be one or two, and now there's about 12 of them. 
And, and they do a really moist. good job. It's wet inside. I know. Well, that's the, the syrup and the kirsch. And I put a recipe for these in one of my books because I was like, people need to make these. But wait, it's not going to retain that freshness over a few days, is it? I mean, I got to bring it. Well, I don't know your wife, but I have a feeling she won't mind. It's going to be a couple days before oh. she gets it. Okay. And she may not get it because I might eat it. Okay. <laughs> On the plane. <laughs> That's awesome. Chocolate almond croissant, people. Yes. Look for it. Yes. When um, you're in Paris. And it's funny because we've almost eaten the whole thing. Give me the French. How that? It's croissant. Croissant. O-A-U-X. Amande. Like, but but cro- also with chocolate. Well, that, it's Not a, all that's an add-on. Chocolate. It's, a, it's an add-on. Special to this place or no, most places? Well, do it? if you look around, you know, people, sometimes people make them with like Nutella in them and stuff. And, yes. You know, there's a lot of variations. Right. But they're really good. Yes, they are, David. They are very good. <laughs> okay. Damn you. <laughs> so the next thing we're going to try is flan. Okay. Um, F-L-A-N. Yeah. And in France, it's more like a custard tart. Well, there's flan in the Spanish culture, I know. Is that where we get it from or did the French come first? No, this I think it's from Spanish. Okay. But somebody who I see, a friend of mine's wife who I see once a year, she's French. Yes. Every year when I see her, she asks me where she can get a really good flan okay. in Paris. And every year I tell her Maison Londemain. And she goes, well, it's a chain because there's like 12 of them or eight of them oh. or whatever. And I said, but it's really good. It, you know, it's a local, it's not like, you know, they ship the stuff in from. Oh, my God. From, you know, it's not like from a factory. I swear I'd never think to get that because it looks rather plain. Mm. But it's the creamiest. It's like having like soft butter. It's not, it's sweet, but it's like right. But not too they sweet. They hit it right on the right where it should be. I mean, that is the secret, isn't it? To, mm-hmm. to great pastry or great dessert is not too sweet because things can be cloying. There's well, a there's a, a chain of places that's pretty famous now in America. I don't want to say the name, but uh, it's as if... No one's listening. It's, it's, if the, <laughs> it's as if the chef had the palate of a four-year-old. Okay. And and just loads everything up with way too much sugar. Is and it I a chef who was born in America? Yes. Okay. Because there's another bakery I went to. Uh-huh. And that's very famous. And I was in America and it was so, there was a big line. Yeah. And I eat sugar for a living. Like I could, yeah, eat, yeah. I could eat sugar out of the bowl. It doesn't okay. bother me. Yeah. And everything I had was really sweet. Too much. Yeah. And I couldn't eat it. Yeah. I was kind of surprised. But- People often say to me, well, we love France because the desserts aren't too sweet. I'm like, well, there's macaroons and yeah, there's right. these almond croissants right. and, right. you know, right. it's not count out, you know, Queen Emma. And, um, but even that, that, this thing that you say is soaked in syrup doesn't taste too sweet to me. Yeah, because they, that's actually the genius of a good baker yes. is to get the sugar right. That's right. You know, people ask me a lot. They go, can I make your cake, your chocolate cake recipe, but cut the sugar in half? Like, well, I, I test it with different, it's like, that's how I like it. You can cut the sugar in half, but it's not going to taste like I want it to taste. So. Of course not. It's like when you have a bar of chocolate and you think, oh, if it's 80% or 90%, it's going to be extra chocolatey. Yeah. No. You've now taken the pleasure out of this yeah. dessert. It's going to be dry Yes, the more cocoa yeah. has. And right. Have you done chocolate plantations? Not yet. Okay. I'm going to send you a proposal for a whole new show. Okay. You and I are going to go to all these. I'm going to make a list. <laughs> You're like... I can't wait for David to leave. I did go to Maison Maru in 
Vietnam. Ah, how was that? So it was pretty spectacular. The, 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 these two, I think one was from France and one was from America right. and they were touring a chocolate plantation mm-hmm. and they realized that all the chocolate in Vietnam was, had been exported and right. they didn't have a place. So they opened this gorgeous mm-hmm. kind of Willy Wonka factory that you can go and eat in. One thing, there's been a lot of controversy over the years about chocolate, like it's made, you know, it's produced in all these countries, and then the people who grow it don't get to enjoy it in the final form. But a lot of those countries are really hot, and they don't have air conditioning. Ah. And so, you know, when you make a chocolate bar, it's got to stay sort of cool, so that it's really hard to ship. And expensive. It's very expensive to ship. And also, people don't consume, like you were in Oaxaca, yeah. people don't really eat a chocolate bar like we do. Yes. They would have it like in hot chocolate or right, something. Right, that's right. So it's consumed differently. Uh, but a lot of cultures are this way. In Copenhagen, they exported most of the fish to other countries. Oh, yeah. And I you know, met a guy who had one of the only fish restaurants, uh-huh. <laughs> and it was spectacular. Mm-hmm. But they, they found, like, why would we eat it? This is our number one product that we sell. We can sell it, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was in an island. So we have a show. We're working on our show right now in Pantelleria. Yeah. It's famous in Sicily for their capers. And I met this guy that lived there. He goes, I hate capers. Like, <laughs> How can you hate capers? No one hates capers. He goes, I grew up with them. Capers right. run everything. Yes, um, I, I get it. I get and it. And now all I do are crave their capers. So the last thing is a chocolate eclair. One of the great things found yes. in nature. Yes. <laughs> the and chocolate eclair. I'm going to let you bite into it, or you can use. It. You can be gonna, polite and use a fork and knife. I, I will use a knife because I, I have to share. And oh boy, oh yes. Right. I was going to get coffee. I was. Uh-huh. It was like my crisis du jour. Like this, those are these are my crises. Like I was like, should I get Phil coffee or chocolate? Did I make the right choice? <laughs> now I'm nervous. You can never go wrong with chocolate, but this is. Again, fresh and, I mean, fresh, soft, beautiful. The, the chocolate cream is incredible. The chocolate icing on top. The pastry itself mm. is so beautiful. And you know, it's good because it's cold. Yeah. It's like almost like ice cream inside. Mm. I guarantee you, on the face of the earth, no one is having more fun than me right now. Oh, my God. Okay, that's a lot of stress. <laughs> Not panicking. But why? We did it. We got through one, two, three, four pastries. Plus, by the way, we didn't even tell the listeners. We just had lunch. Yes, we did. We and there was sandwiches. a pastry or two. There was a chocolate croissant that mm-hmm. we tried and a regular croissant. It's been quite the afternoon. And we stopped at two bakeries. And you probably, yesterday, you went to some bakeries. Pierre May. Yeah. Yeah, and then Angelina. Because that hot chocolate, also the genius of that hot chocolate is not too sweet. Mm -hmm. It's very drinkable. Mm -hmm. It's not like three sips and you go, too sweet, too rich, I can't have it. No, you chug that down. It's very good hot chocolate. Amazing. It's a a nice... And you told me about another one. Oh, gosh. You know, I wrote about it in my book, The Sweet Life in Mm -hmm. Paris. And it's a little cafe that students go to. Mm. And it's on the Rue d'Ecole de Médecins. Mm-hmm. Like the where the medical school is in Paris, mm-hmm. and I forgot the name of it. I wrote about it in mm. my first memoir, "The Sweet Life in Paris." Yeah, because they just make really good hot chocolate, mm. and no one knows it. I mean, you know, it's just a little place, but it's real hot chocolate. They make it from scratch; it's not a mix. But Angelina now has multiple locations since I first yeah, I think started they're in coming New York here. Too. They're in New York. I know they're in Singapore, but the main one on the Rue de Rivoli is a giant palace of a mm-hmm. place. And there's still a line down the block. Yeah. 
it's still good at four too. in the afternoon. Yeah, and it's still good. It's still relevant. Like, which and is their pastries great. are great. That Mont Blanc is very special. Also, not too mm. sweet. I mean, uh, we're in the land of pastries. Yes, I want to. This is our series. We'll just do. We'll just focus on pastries. Why not? We'll go around the world and eat yes, pastries. That's a good idea. And we'll bring your trainer with us. We would have we'll to budget the trainer. Okay, when you do the proposal, budget the trainer. We would have to do that. Yes. <laughs> Well, you know, it's great having you on my podcast. I, I love talking to you. to you. Yes, me too. And what, one thing I, I'm going to fawn over you for just a moment, oh, okay. even though the sun is streaming and we haven't, it's February in Paris and we <laughs> haven't seen sun in a few months. You brought the sun with you. You're like a great guy. <laughs> Thank you. Like ever since I met you, we've kept in touch. Yes. You have all these rich and famous fancy Hollywood friends. I don't care for them. And yet you're okay having <laughs> croissants with me, like having day-old croissants that have been re- repurposed with me in your hotel room. Tom Hanks doesn't eat croissants with me. He doesn't? No. His mother used to work with us. I didn't know that. Yeah, she's, they're from Oakland, California. I she worked at Chez Eat? Yes. He never mentioned that to me either. Okay. So a lot he's not yeah, maybe. Me. Yeah. I don't know him very <laughs> maybe well. They I don't want people to get the wrong idea. I've had maybe three conversations with the man. Well, that's three more than I have. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> well, Also, Harrison Ford's son worked with us. Ben. Oh, yeah. Well, he's yeah. a famous chef. Yeah. yeah. But I looked. At, I remember when he came in the kitchen, I was looking at him like, you look really familiar. Because he has the same smile his father has. Yes. I mean, he's a really nice guy. He's like just normal and cool and great. Isn't that great? All right. Well, I'm going to let you get back to your day here in Paris. Of opening your belt buckle? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can do your Zoom with your trainer now. <laughs> so for everyone who's been listening, Phil, you have a show, Somebody Feed Phil. Somebody just did. And you also have a book, a new book with the greatest hits recipes. That's right. From your series that people have been asking you for recipes, recipes, and you've yes. now presented them to people. Somebody Feed Phil the book. And the book is for sale at your local bookstore or online. Yes, yeah. And my photographer, Ed Anderson, shot yes. your book. Yes, we did a beautiful job, too. Yeah, so you can get all the recipes. And also, you're on Instagram, phil.rosenthal. And I have a podcast, too, called Naked Lunch. What? Where we eat lunch with our friends and... Uh, Naked? Get, I know, uh, LA. The conversation is... Naked. Okay, okay. <laughs> and uh, even if it was a truly naked lunch, it, thank God it's a podcast. Yeah. Well, especially if you're eating like at a Jewish deli, like corned beef sandwiches. I don't hey. know if you want to be naked when you're shoving your crop. Hey, you burn my thing. <laughs> yeah, don't spill the chicken soup. <laughs> That's what it gives a new meaning to the word matzo balls. <laughs> All right, with that, I think we better stop. But people can follow you on Instagram. Check out your book and your show on Netflix. You're now starting to film season seven pretty soon. Pretty soon. And once Stranger Things is out of the way, once they get rid of that, you'll be the number one show I'll on Netflix. I'll have more room. Yes. Yeah, you'll have more room on the platform. Out of the way, kids. <laughs> Let an old man through. Okay. And thank you all for listening. Once again, if you want to stay connected with me, you can subscribe to my newsletter. It's at davidlebovitz with a V dot substack dot com. There are paid subscriptions and free subscriptions. And we love free. Yes, Phil's raising his hand. My favorite price. But paid, you get actually extra content. You get yes. to see pictures of my Paris apartment renovation. Wow. In my doctor's appointments. All the, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's a real personal <laughs> look at my life. <laughs> All sorts of samples. <laughs> yeah. And I think that was, that's Phil looking like, how do I get out of here now? <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for being on the show, Phil. It was great to see you again. Great to see you. You're going to be leaving these pastries behind, aren't you? Uh, absolutely. I love you. They're part of the forfeit. <laughs> the forfeit, as we call it, the deal. Bye-bye. Bye.